Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. If you want to support the show, just hit subscribe on YouTube. That's all I ask. If you're listening to this from one of the many internet stations that are out there, uh, just jump on Google. You can Google Social Jello with Angelo, and it'll take you to my YouTube channel and just hit subscribe. That's it. Today, I'm interviewing Nathaniel. It would be in his English name, but I would say it in Spanish. Nathaniel Ortega. He is a Kaju Kembo instructor, and he had a lot. Of, it was a great interview. I really enjoyed the things he had to say about martial arts, MMA, and, and Kaju Kembo. So uh, this is part of the Kaju Kembo series. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, what I want to mention before we start this interview is this interview is going to be a mix of uh, of Spanish and English. Um, English is is uh, Mr. Ortega's second language, so we're going to work with that. So please be patient. Uh, for my listeners, please be patient. But um, here we go. Thank you very much, Senor Ortega, for being here on the show today. Uh, thank you so much for having me here and and share with me your your podcast. So I'm looking here, and I always say this. I and I I was I told this to all everyone I interview. I don't care about rank or about titles. I know some people do, but I still like to start the show with just to let people know who I'm interviewing and where they come from in the Kaju Kembo community. So if you don't mind sharing, uh, what is your rank and title in Kaju Kembo? I am a Grandmaster Grandmaster Knight degree in Kaju Kembo. Awesome, awesome. And uh, what, what got you into Kaju Kembo? What, how did how were you introduced to it? Wow, I didn't have a choice because my dad was the one who taught me, and I really don't know any other sports or well, Kaju Kembo is not considered. There's considered many people considering it as a sport, but it's not really a sport. But people see it that way, you know, regular people, no martial artists. Yeah. So I don't, I cannot go into other like baseball because I was in the afternoon after school. school I was training, and that was like uh, every day, Saturday, Sunday. I have off time. Even sleeping, I train Kaju Kembo with, with my dad. And what, uh, who, who was, uh, if you don't mind sharing, what was your father's, who, who was your father for the audience that might not know? Yeah, my father is uh, Jose Luis Ortega. Uh, most of the people know him as uh, Sherry Ortega. Uh, when I have a understanding, I was a little, but I can remember things. He was already second degree in Kaju Kembo. Um, so he was, he is uh, my instructor and he grew up in the system and he got right now that ninth degree grandmaster, senior grandmaster. And I be with him in all the steps. So. I see him uh, becoming a grandmaster since he was a second degree black belt. And uh, you started training in Puerto Rico, right? 
y es Aguadilla, Puerto Rico, uh, o oh, Puerto Rico. <laughs> um, but we got, uh, in, that, in those times, we got different schools, so I was moving with him to the, each school, each dojo that he has, so I just don't have any options. I cannot go home, so I just have to go with him. And uh, Because, you know, sometimes I have uh, two years, three years old, so I just sit there and play and do whatever I can, but I grew up watching. My, my PSP, my, my Nintendo, was watching Kaju Kenbo live. <laughs> <laughs> and I always talk about that with, uh, with, with my different, you know, different people get into Kaju Kenbo at a different age. And, uh, and because of that, it, it, their journeys vary. Um, when did you, so obviously you grew up, you, you were a, uh, as a, you grew up in a martial arts family. When did you start, obviously, like you said, you've been training your whole life. When do you feel that you started formally, like if I were to ask you, when do you feel like you started formally training? Like you, you put on the gi, you were sitting in the class. When, when, did your, when did your father start that process with you? Yeah, actually I was forced. I, it was really bitter, uh, sad. Um, I don't have good memories of that um, because I was by force. My mom, I remember one time that I was running to had make a jumping kick to one back. And I was sleep. I slipped uh, under the back and hit all the backpacks that the student had there. And everybody was laughing at me. And I just run crying to my mom. And my mom just pushed me away and said, go back to the to training. And then I don't have any time to, to have a, like a play games or something like that. You know, like, like I go with my friends and, and, and have fun. So I remember that, but I hate it. Um, I hate it to, to death, believe me. I don't want to go. I, I just hate that. And then the force I just get used to, you know, the being there for, for force, I just get used to and just I just go um, but there was one time that I have a somebody beat me really bad um, they punched me I break my my eyes one of my eyes he go and get a gun a gun and put it in my face so all those things that happened it shocked me why because I see it in the slow motion I just surprised that I have the chance to think, but I don't move. I just stay there in the shock of the situation, in the shock of the seeing everything in slow motion, and I don't do that. I don't did I don't did anything. I just receive the punch. The punch doesn't hurt. Even it caught my eyes, and I just like I impress what what is happening until the guy put the gun in my face, and then other people jump on him and take him away. Then I go to the hospital, and I still have that in my mind, like, a, oh, wow, you know, how I, is, is, I don't know, you saw the, the movie, the new one, The Green Hornet, that you see the guy, how the, he scheduled all the movement, and, and, and do the, the before the, the fighting start, I don't know if you remember that, it's if you see that movie. It's been a minute since I saw the remake, but I, 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 there's a few different ones, but I did see the remake, but it's been a while, and I need to review that movie again. But, okay, um, but, but that happened, it was that, you know, I see all the movement that I can block 
that I can strike, that I can move. But I didn't do it because I just, like, I didn't realize that that is happening. Yeah. But yeah. I have the time. It's, it's like a forever when the guy threw the punch and when the punch hit me was like a 10 seconds easily, you know, in my mind. Can be fast because we are close, really close. But everything is like long. <laughs> and you, um, after when that, this, this happened, so let me just clarify this happened on the street. Yes. Okay. And after that, I realized, hey, this helped because I was not on the floor. I survived the punch. I can continue moving. I just impressed. So I want to train more hard. And that time, my father don't realize that I want trying to take it seriously. So he sent me to train to other, in other groups, other, other people, other students that he have. He said, no, you are not allowed to train under me anymore. Go to other town until you show me that you really want to make this. Mm -hmm. how, how, so old were, how old were you when that happened? That, that, that was in 87, I think. 87, I, I have to count. Let me see. 87 from the, I born in 74. Uh, 84, 5, 6, 13 years old. Okay, yeah, about maybe, yeah, 80, 87, 74. Yeah, about 13. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. I, I, am, I am a martial artist. Yeah. I am a martial artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you so, do this for a long time. That, that number gets harder and harder to calculate, but um, yeah, but yeah, 13. So you were 13 when someone assaulted you on the street. Uh, they punched you mm -hmm. in the face. They busted your mm -hmm. eye. Uh, mm -hmm. They pulled out a gun on you. Mm -hmm. This happened. You said some people tackled him to the ground. Who? Who was it? Just was it random bystanders? Were they your friends? Who tackled him? To no, the ground? it's because I was grew up in the caserio. What did you call low, low income housing place? I don't know how it's called caserio. You know, uh, caserio is like. Uh, hmm, let me think here. Yeah, it's kind of like a. Uh, it's a low income house low income housing house yeah, yeah i was yeah. i was grew up there i born and grew up there so all my i, I was the bad, the good guy of everybody <laughs> because i am a martial artist that's that's <laughs> but you know most of the people there was not nice what, uh -huh. what in that time so i just probably messed with the wrong guy <laughs> and i got my my reward yeah, but my experience that, that that experience I am telling you today, you know, so, so it's they, not bad. <laughs> so they so some bystanders they tackled them to the ground, they mm -hmm. took the gun away. You ended up going to the hospital. When, yeah, when I you, still got my stitches in my in my. I can go look to the mirror and I open my eyes with my hands and I can see that oh. some stitches that I still got. And after that, you decided. To start taking the training seriously. That yes, was, seriously. That was your, that and was your that, first step. Yeah, and, and in that time, my dad don't allow me to train under him, under him because he knew that I, I hated He know, well, I was, imagine 13, 13 years of my life stuck on there. Why I say stuck? Because when I was probably little, five years to... Every, I, I have to take a test from my white belt. And every time I forgot, because I was a kid, my white belt at home, my father made me take another test for the white belt. So I've been stuck in that situation from 
77, 75, 74 that I born. I don't know. I say 77, 78, just two. For years, I see people, uh, kids from four years that they, you know, they can manage life at that time. You know, they can manage, uh, they realize things. Less than three years, two years, they cannot have too much sense of life. That's what I mean. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, like you, you, you still, um, you're still trying to figure it out for yourself what it meant to be in the, you know. And that, that's what I tell my, uh, I have a daughter and people ask me if I train her. And I told, I tell them, you know, it's, a, it's her choice. Like if she wants me to train her, well, if she, when she wants to, I'll show her some things. But um, I really want her to make that decision on her own. So yeah, as I mentioned, that's a choice she has to make. But for someone like you, and even in my situation, um, I had a very similar experience where around around 13, 12, I was jumped by six guys and and I was almost put in the hospital. I got lucky that a friend came in and helped me out. But, Where was that? Uh, that was in Escondido, California. It's in uh, oh, wow. North County, San Diego. It was a rough neighborhood. I also grew up in low-income housing, like very similar situation. Okay. So for, for people like us, it's not a choice, right? Our, envi mm -hmm. our environment reminds us that it's either you learn how to fight or, or you don't survive. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's a bit different. How and one of the, oh, one of the things that I want to say is that my dad never trained kids. So I was the little one because he wants me training with the adults so even his higher rank there i got almost the same level of training or the same level of, of uh, uh even i i was too more young than them so you were the youngest you were the only I kid was, in the class i was the only kid for like uh probably four five six years that he have a black belt and then those black belt can was more open-minded and, and have the patience to treat kids, to teach kids, sorry, to teach kids. Um, my dad made me run like a more than 10, 15 miles before the class. That was the warm-up. So he was essentially training you. There, since there was no kids program, you were just in the adult program from the start. Uh, yeah, I was not not like not nice. Then he don't take me back. He made me go to train to other with other of his students, and there the students don't teach me either. They just give me exercise to make me quit. <laughs> I tried to break if you. If I don't if I don't finish the the exercise that I have that day, I had to continue with the next day exercise plus. The exercise that was left from the the other day, so I I really have with them maybe five ten minutes of class that I can finish my my exercise my punishment, and then uh, I can uh, I can take some something of classes on some kind of classes. And what were you still? Because you were saying earlier that your dad would make you test for your you had a white belt for a long time because your dad was very mm -hmm. strict about the testing. Were, yeah. At this point, were you still a white belt, or did you? Yes, still white belt. Still a white belt. Still white belt until that, uh, like in '88, I think. 
1988, I, I, I think that I got my yellow belt finally after yeah. 13, 14, 15 years. So yeah, he did not, he didn't go easy on you because you were his son. That's for sure. He will, he will, he comes more easy in the next in the next years coming because I remember to my 18th birthday, he gives my black belt as a gift. He said, "This is your gift," and he gave me. It's not an earn. It's just a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 18 years old, he just gave me my, my black belt. So, okay. Uh, arguably, you, you did earn it just in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, you know, I have a good relationship with him. Uh, not as a father, but as an instructor. Student instructor, we always talk this way. But even inside that, we have this... Uh, joke situation that we make jokes about it, about stuff, and and it came like a joke. <laughs> so you decided to start taking it seriously. Um, you 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 left. You moved on to other schools. Your your father's students still went hard on you, and made oh, yeah. and and trained and made really emphasized the uh, the hard style training that you were going through. You got your back yeah. belt at eighteen. Um, when did you, obviously when you said you were going to take it seriously, you were thinking, I'm going to take this seriously to become, to f defend myself, or were you thinking more like, I'm going to take it seriously and start, I want this to be something, like I have this love for Kaju Kembo and I want to share it with everyone. Did you always have that feeling or was that something that came a little later? I take it seriously because I noticed in that moment that this thing worked this thing really worked. Even me, that I was in those times, don't put in my 100%. It works. Why? Because I survived and I have this time to see what's going on. I did not move. I did not uh, defend myself in the proper way just because I didn't know. I, didn't, I was not taking the training seriously, so I cannot do nothing. But I have the chance to see the punch. The punch doesn't hurt. I just feel that. The pushing back, that's it. The pushing when, when the, the force pushed me back. And I just realized that I can control the situation if I have more training. In that moment, I just jumped into the training. Even the student of my father don't treat me really good, made me quit. That kind of training that they did, exercise, no techniques, make me stronger. And I slowly became going to the top. I mean, in bell uh, system, the ranking system. And in one moment in, in the story, I was with my father's top student as a top student. And the problem that I have in that situation, you know, is that they trying to make me go up. So that's kind of rough. First, I was the son. Second, blah, 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 you know, um, can be some, something like Conf this guy coming up, you know, yeah. <laughs> going up. And now what are we going to do? Yeah. It's they, kind of top, my father, top student said, oh, wow, now his son is going. So what are we going <laughs> to I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's just I see it funny because they really make me strong. I, I remember me fighting with them. And I just feel the same thing that I was feeling when my confrontation happened. Just feel the push. I don't feel the punches. I just feel feel the push, and I can continue going on and on and on. I don't, 
And in that helped me in the tournaments because I always continue going forward. I don't play the games tournament when I, you have to go forward and you make like a, you, you fake dead punch. No, I don't do that. I just start punching and I finish when the guy's in the floor. That's what my father teach me. So that's, that is, this is my way forever. I cannot go to a tournament just for that. I don't know tournament. I don't know fight in tournament. Yeah, you just push forward, and, and your, your, your style of Kajakembo is about coming in aggressively and not caring too much about the point system. You're, you're just trying to make sure that you... you I come, always you wear... standing at the end. Always in my patch says self-defense system. It doesn't say sparring. It doesn't say anything. I believe the sparring, okay, that can help you with the cardio. As, that's how I see it. But if I teach my student to fight, what are he going to do? He's going to fight. If I teach my student to do self-defense, he's going to do self-defense. If I give my student an option to teach him to fight, he's not putting himself in a self-defense situation where he can defend himself and that's it. One, two, three, or one, finish. No, he's just giving the option of fighting. I think that's a misunderstanding that we sometimes put it wrong in our, our self-defense. That's my personal opinion. I know that most of the people don't share that like, like I do, but I see, as, uh, I see that if you give the option, the student going to fight. And you cannot, I, I think that that's, you cannot compromise that because no matter how good you train, there is always a possibility that you get hurt in the street. I don't like that. For me, self-defense is exclusively for self-defense, and you, ca- you have to take it away from the, I don't know how it's called, sparring, fight, or... Fight. Yeah, sparring. And I think, there's a, I think you're coming up on a close distinction here, and I'll ask you the question to follow it up. Some people feel, you know, right now, they have, uh, as you know, and as you were saying earlier, about how you don't consider Kajukembo a sport. And mm-hmm. Kajukembo... A lot of people within the Kajukembo community talk about how Kajukembo is one of the one of the original methods and one of the founders. One of the, and I say one of the, because there's many around the time that Kajukembo was being formulated. A lot of different places around the world were starting to experiment with mixing different styles or MMA, as you will. That's already happened. That's already happened. Yeah. In 1947. Yeah, and what. You know, now you fast forward to now and what people call MMA. And this is not to criticize MMA because I also participate in MMA. I'm not criticizing it at all. But I do think there's a distinction between what maybe someone who doesn't do martial arts thinks MMA is and what MMA really is. So I guess kind of throwing this back to you, what, you're, kind of, you're touching on this right now with this idea of self-defense and sparring, right? And uh, what would you say is a difference between, between an, let's say, a sanctioned fight and self-defense? What do you well, think before, the differences are in, in goals and whatnot? What would you say they are? Well, before that, I, I, I can say one thing. Before that, a little outside of that, if, if any of my students fight, I know the reason. And the reason is that their self-defense was not that well. They don't train well in their self-defense because they miss. And the next step, 
outside of the self-defense, what is happening? If your self-defense fail, what is your next step? For me? Yeah. Oh. If, if your self-defense fail, what is your next step? What do you have to do now? I well, fail in my self-defense. My technique doesn't work. What do I have to do now? Adapt. Uh, so if you if you get, I, I always say I always say if I if I was trying to defend and I get hit in the face, I just block that with my face. I'm gonna push forward and continue from yeah. there. And then you cannot have the chance to do again a self defense. You have to fight. Yeah. The, 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 the situation will not move at that surprising moment. You have to now adapt, and the adapting is just fight. So you skip one 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 very important step, and you just get into the fight. Mm-hmm. And that and there is when your life is really on jeopardy. Um. That doesn't guarantee you for better that you are that you're gonna be successful. It's successful. Sure. It's like in, in, the, in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, you take two two boxers. Who's gonna win? People say, "Oh, the the, the most that train, the, the people who most train." And I said, "Okay, you take that fight and you make them drink water, come back, drink water, come back, uh, fight again. Is gonna win the same guy? You don't know. So that's this is my situation with the fighting. So the sunshot." fighting like 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 you were saying um i think it's a sport it's a good sport uh some people like golf other people like surfing and maybe most of the martial arts and boxing people like that kind it can work you know because there is involved training and everything that involves training involves hard work and involves involve like you can survive in the street with with that, but I just don't like as a first step the the fighting thing because I always carry a logo and a patch, and my system says says Kaju Kembo Cell Defense System. That's the 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 term that I always grew up. So fighting, I don't know. It's probably I can do some aerobics and got my cardio moving there. So in the same way I can do wrestling, I can do uh, MMA, I can do anything that takes punch, kicks, and cardio. <laughs> but so different, you know how hard it is to make perf to per- make perfect one technique that make effective that you don't have to fight because fight. If you see two two dogs fighting. <laughs> Who teach them? It's just natural <laughs> instinct. You don't need to be trained to fight. You just need cardio. <laughs> and I don't know. You know, whatever hits you, what always hit the person is a lucky punch. I don't know. This is my point of view, but I grew up. I'm 45 years old. And I grew up always with a vision of self-defense. Make strong your self-defense. Hit hard. And you're gonna hit only once. Mm. And some in self-defense, it had to be an offense too. To be to be defensive, you have to be offense sometimes. You see the situation that is not going in a better way, you have to hit first. And that's offense. It's not defensive. It, <laughs> but you defense being offense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't it's, know if I can the, explain that. No, that that that, uh, they, that that goes with that saying, right? Sometimes a good defense is a strong offense. That that's that's yeah. That's that's right there. So, that's in line with that. 
Yeah. But right now, I'm 45. I don't get young. I get older. And I don't picture myself doing fights. I gonna be hurt. Uh, I don't have that hard skill. Uh, whatever, you know. It's, I don't know. For me, fighting is... <laughs> I, every time that I see a fight, normally it's kids. Young people. People who go in trouble in the street and they fight. We are talking about uh, sanctioned, you said? Sanctioned, uh, yeah, sanctioned fights like UFC or K1 or any of the popular norm, n- normally, venues for that. Normally what I am seeing what happened there is people from the street, kids, they like re- be to be realistic. And for them, realistic is just fight. That is their point of view. So they just join anyone who teach them that and they just do. And for them, there's a mixed martial arts. That's the interpretation. But for me, being, being a, marsh, a mixed martial arts, you have to cover a lot of things. It's like Kajukembo. When you do Kajukembo, you don't need to be a specialist in, in all the sections, but you need to know all the sections if you have to move from one place to another. I mean, karate, judo, kempo, boxing, you have to move. You, you need to know what you're doing. If you use mixed martial arts and you just go down as a jiu-jitsu, you, just, you don't do mixed martial arts, you're doing jiu-jitsu in a cage. Trying to do jiu-jitsu in the, in the, in the street with a pavement at 12, with the guys surrounding with a lot of people, I don't think that that can be a good uh, mix. That is martial art. Mixed martial art there, it don't apply. Yeah. When you grab a person, how many persons you can fight when you grab someone? You can grab one person at a time. Maybe okay, if, you yeah. have, if you have two strong hands, possibly two. <laughs> you see? And if my mom, if my mom is with me, I, I can do it. Because I know that she's going to grab somebody from the hair. Right? She's going to be the, the person who is, who is on the floor with me. But imagine that kind of... You grab someone on the pavement at 12 of noon, in the noon, with a heart. You know how, how, how every time you move, you got a scratch in your back. Mm-hmm. Every time you move. You're gonna, you cannot skip that cut that you're going to have in the... You know, it's... Yeah, rolling, okay rolling, rolling, like on a, rolling on asphalt is completely different from rolling on a mat. That's a very yeah, that's and a that's for me. Game. That that is that is the vision that I got of self defense. We can train to do that, or we can train to go in the mat and you know, it's. Be a good guy or bad guy. You want to rob a bank or you don't. It's just it's. It's for me, it's self defense involved more discipline because you have to train even one punch. One punch, my instructor made me throw the punch 1,000 times. So, all right. So, I don't know. You, you no, have no, another I got, I got, um. Yeah, there was a small sound issue, but I'm going to fix it later. You cut out for maybe two seconds, but I'm going to... Right now, this... What I'm telling you right now is going to get cut out. But, um... So, if I if I understand what you're saying correctly, mm. you... For your philosophy, there's a difference mm. between MMA, sparring, and self-defense. These are all yes. three 
these are all three different elements that sometimes they mix, sometimes they, they converge, sometimes they don't. And of course, as you mentioned earlier, training, doing MMA will make you a stronger fighter because it's fighting, but it's still different from a aspect of self-defense where you're, you're thinking more situational awareness. There's different aspects to what the goal is. What's the goal? Yeah. I think that's one of the things that that's all I'm always. That's one of the first questions I'm always asking people when they come to my gym to train. Is well, what's your goal? What do you want to do? Do you want to? Are you training because you want to lose weight? Are you training because you want to fight in a cage? Because I've had people come in and say, I want to do MMA. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I want to do cage fighting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you want to do cage fighting? We need to practice cage fighting. We need to practice rolling. We need to practice all this other stuff. But um. Going back on your point about jujitsu, and um, how people will go into the cage and just try to use jujitsu in the cage, and they'll say they train in MMA, but in reality, they're just training in jujitsu, and they're learning how to defend against other types of styles. But at the end of the day, they're trying to win using jujitsu, right? And yeah. in that aspect, in that aspect, it's no longer their style is no longer what you might consider a mixed martial art. It's actually jujitsu designed to fight other styles. Is that what you're trying to get at? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, taking Kaju Kenpo an example, it's like you just doing Kenpo, and you forget about the other letters of Kaju Kenpo. You don't do Karate, you don't do Judo, you don't do Jitsu. You know, you, be, you have to be working in all the... The system, not only one section. Or do karate, and that's it. It's like when you... Because Kaju Kenbo covers everything. So then in the same way, mixed martial arts, the war mixed martial arts, cover a lot of things. It's not only jiu-jitsu. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different sections to that, as far as Kaju Kenbo as a system is concerned, right? And plus, going back to the first uh, thing about self-defense, I remember when my... my I, get, I can get punished... I remember those times when I get punished from my instructor if I fight. I imagine now the instructor teaching you to fight. No self-defense. Taking as a self-defense and, and fighting two different things. So your instructor is teaching you fight or your instructor is teaching you self-defense. Like I said again, if I teach you how to fight, you're going to fight. If I teach you self-defense, you're going to defend yourself. And it's not the same thing. When people see uh, movies about martial arts, they, they just see fighting. So they relate, relate with martial arts with fighting. It's not that, that way. Martial arts, if you learn soul defense, you can avoid a fight. You learn to avoid a fight. Or you create a situation that you can control the situation. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that, that, makes, but, that makes really good sense. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so for me, self-defense, you have to stick on that and make it perfect. It's just like the Japanese, you're there. They train and make perfect the techniques. The books, when you read self-defense book, what it says? <laughs> make perfect, train, train, and that's it. If you train, it's less, depending where you go, you know, the places that you that you visit, that you're moving, you know, sometimes we, we get into... No good places. 
and we have to be alert. But if you avoid all that and you go into the self-defense, you just don't need to fight. Yeah. And again, going it back. Wo- it worked for 45 years. It, it worked for 45 years. Yeah. The idea of um, there's a, the style of fighting without fighting, form without form. This is, and a lot of people relate these kind of philosophies with uh, Bruce Lee, but actually he took a lot of this from Miyamoto Musashi, which is uh, yeah. a, the Japanese uh, swordsman from from way, way back. And mm-hmm. you kind of look at that and you start to realize that uh, there is this distinction between a, what an MMA fighter and a martial artist. And this happens a lot, right? People do MMA, they become a champion, they finish, they're done, they get their belt, they get their money, they retire, and that's it. Some of them, mm-hmm. some of them never come back and train ever again. Some of them do. Yeah. There's like, within MMA, you will find real martial artists. Uh, like yeah. uh, like uh, George St. Pierre, that guy is a real mm-hmm. martial artist. He's, he retired, but he still trains, and he still teaches, and he's still working on perfecting his art. But you'll also have other fighters that they stop, and they just disappear, and they don't open, they don't try to teach or pass on, because they arguably were never martial artists, they were fighters. And that's kind of yeah. a distinction that, you, that you're kind of bringing up here. Yeah. So coming back to your personal story, you... We're going to reverse here. We're going to go back to the moment if I got this on my notes here. You mm-hmm. you got your black belt and then you continued training. You continued... Uh, when did you start teaching? When did you start running a program? I, when, when, I, when I was a green belt, I had the, the, the chance to step and um, do a class, you know, and, and teach a class. was not my class. was my father's class. So he wants to to start preparing me for a black belt or, or an instructor or for a, a teacher, to be a teacher. So I started a, as a green belt to, to do that kind of teachings. So you started teaching at the green, uh, you started teaching a class at green belt? In green belt, yeah. And then, um, so you've been teaching since then. That's when you started teaching and you've been teaching yeah, since that for- point. From from there, I I don't ha- I I don't stop because when I was teaching, I see in the students my my faults, my my mistakes. So from there, I can do more training. That was for me become my also my training because I can see my mistakes in the students. So I, for me, it's it's continue learning. It's a continuous learning. It's not just teaching. I'm learning there because I can see my mistake when I was teaching. So that teach me a lot, a lot. And within that journey, you you started teaching at Green Belt. You got your black belt when you were 18. How, uh, what kind of, after you got your black belt and you kept going from there, uh, how did martial arts, how did martial arts or Kajukembo help you Outside of the dojo, outside of the martial arts world, how did how did how did all this training help you in your personal life? Well, I don't know if I can have a distinct distinction between uh, personal life and kajukembo because it's there. Yeah, it's there. Even I don't want it, it's there. 
I am a surfer. Uh, I do police uh, defense. I, I am instructor with the police. I am. Uh, I I got different kind of groups that I am I am affiliated, and everything is one um, way of life. And it's kind you can when I can take all those groups and still be me. I am not a surfer, and I'm going to act as a surfer. I am a surfer, but I am a Kaju Kembo who acts as a surfer. A Kaju Kembo who do surfing. A Kaju Kembo who go to the police teaching. So I use those knowledge to be, to, to be in my environment because this is that makes me different than them. And it's not be better. It's just have something to, that have something to contribute And it's what we got. And, and I feel that Kajukembo is a perfect system. Uh, that is why uh, I try to use that philosophy to, to, do, to get into the other groups, to join the other groups. So you, you saw when you started surfing. When did you start surfing? 1989. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> because you're... that was that was a little bit of re rebellious thing. <laughs> because I I will not think I, I will not do kajuken ball all the time. So I'm gonna do surfing, <laughs> and then I get involved in fights. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to use kajuken ball, and then I have to respect the people there and how I do it the way that you can teach me. But don't cross the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That the surfing community has a very similar, has a lot of the same things. And you also yeah. said you, you, uh, you trained the police force. Were you a police officer as well? Well, there's a program in Puerto Rico that called uh, auxiliar, auxiliary. So the auxil between the difference between the police, the auxiliary police and the regular police in that program is the pay, mm -hmm. but you have the same duty, you have the same rights, you have the same power. Mm -hmm. It's just you don't get paid. Okay. And because you don't get paid, the hours is the volunteer's hour, the hours that you can, you want to give. Okay. It has to be 20 hours, the minimum, minimum of 20 hours a month. Mm -hmm. So my experience helped me to join the, what people call the SWAT, the SR, SR, S-O-R-T, so I just was in that unit. So in the same time, I teach soul defense, helping to the uh, defensive tactics techniques. I learned because I, I, got, I got the right to take courses. And so you were saying you were doing this. It's S-R-O-T everything training. Is that right? Like S-O-R-T. S-O-R-T. Yeah, so sort. Sort is the name of the... Special, special response special respond team. Okay. Special operation response team. Ah, special operation response team. And it was a uh, essentially a... You can volunteer as a, to be a police officer. You, so you're, you're doing volunteer community service as a police officer. You don't get paid, yeah. but you still took the same courses. They offered police training courses yeah. that you took, and, and you continued your training. 
I have to go to well. a six months academy. A six months academy I have to go into. So into the academy and and you yeah. also in that program you trained police officers and worked with them in, in developing techniques to help them with, with their work that they were doing in Puerto Rico, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Right, right. And um so obviously, you know, coming from the Kajikimbo background, it kind of uh, led you down this path where, where you would get involved in things, and and Kajikimbo still came back into your life. What um, kind of going into. You did that, as your career. At one point, at one point, in this story you ended up moving to Hawaii, correct? <laughs> yes. When, when and how did that end up happening? Okay, what happened was that we've been involved in a different association. My dad, uh, for some reason, when I start working in the program that he have, he have a lot of techniques from different methods, Kajukembo methods. He got from Tony Ramos, he got from Harbuna, he got, I don't know, you see, you saw some of my techniques on Facebook, yeah. and you said, oh, that technique looks familiar, yeah. the one that I have. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so for some reason, my father's first teacher or second teacher, because my father have like a four teachers, okay. um, because they have uh, jobs, they pass my dad to the next, next one. So they allow my dad continue training because they was involved in different kind of works that cannot continue teaching him. So we was involved in a lot of method of Kajukembo, uh, from the original method. And then uh, I got uh, this blessing that I start traveling to do seminars around the world. And in one of these uh, moments, uh, I, I came here to Hawaii to uh, to do a seminar, and I met this girl, and I just commit with her. She was really nice, and she told me um, that she wanna commit. You know, she she would. I I asked her if she wanna commit. She said yes, and that changed the whole history. Why? Because two reasons. I fall in love. Plus, I got the chance to train martial arts in the Kaju Kembo. What we call that? What we can go with? The, the Mecca. Kembo. The Mecca. Yeah. Right. Of the Kaju Kembo. So I'm going to have more chance to meet people, look for history and, and research, making the research of Kaju Kembo, how the things was. That's, that was my first step, how the things was. I want to learn. I, was, I, I remember coming. And I said, I want to learn the first technique that was the way that way back in the days, they, they do that first, the number one. I want to I wanna learn the number one from, the, from here, from Hawaii. That the, was my, the OG, my, my The OG mindset. original number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was really, really a nice. I love, I love Hawaii. I don't like the, the price, the, the, the way that higher price and the traffic <laughs> they got here but the rest is perfect weather beautiful people 
they they really live in Aloha. You know, you you feel the Aloha when you walk in Hawaii. People say nice to you. They really really good people here. I, I love I love it. So something I want to bring up to some of my listeners that I'm sure people who already do Kaja Kembo know, but for those of you who are listening who don't, you know, you're listening to the Kaja Kembo series. You're learning about Kaja Kembo through this series. One thing I always mention, I've mentioned it before in some of the other interviews, is that uh, Kaja Kembo has, within itself, it's a style, and within a style, it's a mix of styles, and within those styles, there's different methods. Um, and because of that, it's very flexible, and there will always be these similarities because we did all start from the same branch, but from that point, depending on which method you trained under, you are going to have some differences. And Kajakembo is very open to that. Well, most Kajakembo practitioners are very open to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why when we're, when we're hearing this narrative about uh, Mr. Ortega's father, how he trained under the Ramos method and some other methods, and then eventually... He went back to Hawaii and started going under the more original method, which I'm guessing you're talking about is the is the Imperado method, right? Not really. Really? Not really. Not really. Um, uh, I, I, I started under the Donna Huleba American Kaju Kembo Association. My dad was a student of George Jackson that they came from the AKA. Oh. Uh, American Kaju Kembo Association. Don Nahulewa was the chief instru instructor. Uh, George Jackson was the student. But those people, those masters are military. So they have to move around. So they was stationary one time in Aguadilla. That was an Air Force base on Raimi. Amy, uh, Raimi Air Force Base in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. So they was stationary there. So my father trained there with them. But uh, George Jackson have to go. He entered the uh, Secret Service, and he don't have the flexibility to continue working. My father stays stay in second degree for fourteen years because he don't have anyone who teach them continuously. So what George Jackson did, he passed uh, my dad to another instructor, the student that he have. That in that time he was training with another master. That master was uh, Richard Peralta from the Cayucembo Self Defense System. Cayucembo with the M. Oh. What happened was that Donna Huleba was retired and George Jackson was busy on, the, on his work. So my father looked for another instructor. That instructor was Jerry Wright. Jerry Wright was at that time training under Richard Peralta. That was Kajukembo with Alejo Reyes lineage. You know, the, uh, Donna Huleva was the first black belt of Alejo Reyes, and Richard Peralta was the second one. Okay. So, so we, yeah. Uh -huh. I guess to get a clear answer from you, what method would you consider to be the biggest influence for your Kajukembo? So like I, like going back to what I said earlier to my listeners, everybody's Kaju Kembo mm -hmm. is different. So for you, what yeah, what do you think? Well, how do you feel? Um, 
which which method do you feel is would you say is the method that aside from the stuff that you put in like to make the question mm -hmm. clear like what would you consider or attribute to what influenced the methods and your approach to Kaja Kemble? Who would you mention? Yeah, yeah def definitely the original method is my, my biggest uh, step, my, my, my foundation is the original method. And that's from? Uh, Lehu Reyes. Okay, Lehu Reyes. Okay, that's what, I want. That's because, what I'm trying to get. <laughs> yeah, because we was under, I remember that my father was a second degree. So let, let's put it 74. It's way back to the 60s. But let's put it from the from that. Do you remember uh, Don Mahuleva was a Reyes first black belt. So we was under that that part until 1989, probably, that we moved under Richard Peralta. Second black belt from Arejo Reyes. Okay. So you would say that's that for you is what influenced your Kaja Kembo would be the, the Leo Reyes method. Yeah, we stay there with uh, since '89 to '93, I think, because in 1993 my father found Jaime Vasquez from the first generation of the Cayugembo in Palama from Kauai. In that Vasquez? Yes, Jaime Vasquez. Jaime Vasquez. And and in in record, he's the he was he passed away. He was the oldest, the second oldest Cayugembo that was training. In, in age. So what happened was my father made a transition because in that moment, people don't like to talk about uh, politics a little bit, but, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> I understand. But, you know, this is what happened. Uh, uh, Richard Peralta have a little rough with Sijo, and there is like a split, kind of split, you know. He still respects Sijo as the Sijo was who he is, but they don't get along. Too many things involved, but it's okay, you know, and that's why my father moved under Jaime Vasquez. Okay. But we still connected with the, the brother of Kaju Kembo, with M. They, I love them. They are our brothers. We trained long time. So, so I am, I, I consider myself part of that family, even I am not belong to that family anymore because we continue moving uh, in training. So we went under uh, Jaime Vasquez until he passed away. Then we realized in that moment when Jaime Vasquez and Tony Ramos crossed paths that we have a lot of influence from Tony Ramos. A lot of techniques of Tony Ramos we have. It. And that's thanks to the first instructor of my dad. And just to mention to my listeners, uh, Sijo, he mentioned Sijo. Sijo Imperato, Adriano Imperato, is the founder of Kaju Kembo for anyone who, one who doesn't. Of the one of the founders. And that's something that um, you can check the Wikipedia page. And, and I always have that in my episode notes. So you can read more about Kaju Kembo history just to kind of brush up on that. So, and that's, I'm glad you explained that. I, I was, and again, I want to make it really clear for those of you that do practice Kajukembo and are listening to this. I am not huge on names and the politics. Um, I find the lineages interesting, but I'm not one of those people that goes around flashing out 
my lineage first, if that makes any sense. I know some people are, and not, not to criticize those who are really about lineage and talking about that and really love the politics behind stuff. Me personally, um, I just ask so that people have a good idea of where my guests are coming from, and I appreciate you breaking that down for anyone listening. Um, also, if we can switch gears for a bit here real quick. Mm -hmm. So... I know I follow your Facebook page, and I, I, I'll be honest, I fucked up the other day when I was talking about, who was I interviewing? I forgot who I was interviewing. But maybe it, Tavares? Maybe Tavares. <laughs> I think I fucked up when I was interviewing Tavares, actually. It might have been Tavares <laughs> or the guy before that. But uh, I, uh, I totally forgot, or it might have been John Hosley. Either way, I totally forgot the name. I know I saw you training in the Middle East, and I forgot, okay. I forgot... Lots of things. I blanked out on where you were training. Uh, I, I didn't mention any names. I was just kind of speaking in broad terms because I was talking about... Oh, yes. It was an interview I had with uh, Sifu Bob Derish. We were talking about how Kaja Kimball is all around the world. It's international. And it's even mm. as far... But it's really scattered. Like, there's a lot of schools in the U.S. Centralized, focused a lot in Hawaii, California, and in Puerto Rico. And then kind of semi-scattered throughout the middle... And then there's mm -hmm. some schools around the world just like spotting, but we're not exactly huge, but we're not small. And mm -hmm. I, and I mentioned I mentioned that we were that there were schools in the Middle East, but I didn't I totally forgot where. And mm -hmm. later I checked, but I, I guess from you where I, I saw you doing seminars out there. So would you mind talking about that? Sure, sure. I would love because um, I'm really I really research i really uh go into the history i like to what i was somebody taught me something i want to review that and i want uh, names i want evidence i want dates i want you know I, I am really a researcher i am not a historian historian yeah historian, uh, people historian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but um uh, i like to learn and i like to research and and definitely if i have something wrong i just need one call, and I can discuss what I found with the person who told me that I am wrong. I just fix it. If they, he gives me the evidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. In no part of the history of Kaju Kembo, um, I have something to do if, if it's wrong or right. I just want to bring what is true and what is correct. If the, if the history is right or wrong, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me in any way. Um, Saying that, uh, Kuwait, Kuwait is the Middle East, the place that is, I think, is main focusing on Kajukembo in the Middle East because the war what happened there in 1992, I guess. I think 1992 was the Iraq invasion to Kuwait, and then the U.S. forces uh, went there and do what they did. So in that moment. Uh, a lineage from Joe Halbuna, um, um, I forget his name. I, I know that, I think that he's a student of both Mass Meyer. Um, William Bieber, William Bieber was there and he has a biggest, the first and biggest Kajukembo school in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. In Kuwait. In Kuwait, yeah, because mm -hmm. the war and they was stationary there and he opened a school, a regular school, and teach civilian on that. 
the information that I got is the school somehow he had to move to the mainland. He left an uh, instructor there. The instructor was really good, but he passed away. He, he passed away. And then the students don't know what to do. And that's how the school split. So from there, the school split. And each people, there's uh, the top black belts, uh, look for people from different uh, associations to bring to Kuwait. And I remember that I think that that first school, they went into Angel Garcia's group. If I am not, I knew that was Angel Garcia was there with one of the groups. I think if I am not the second, I am the third person who went there and opened a school or, or continue the school. I just, you know, remember the original method, we got similar techniques, different numbers, different elite, but they all have the same brand of techniques. So uh, I got at one school and I started working with them. And from there, there's many others who went to the Middle East right now. Okay, so that's what happens. All right, cool. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I just I forgot where it was. And that was that was a problem I had. But um, that's really it happened in it happened back in the '90s, and now they're still they're still growing. I've seen a lot of their footage, and you've been you you were doing some work with them, and um, yeah. My my school uh, was my school my original school there. They broke because the instructor uh, have a personal problem, and the school broke, and the students got scattered. So from that school, the next school that I have to supervise that is the one that I am now. He's from that first school that I was. Oh okay. All right. So there's still there's still a school there that you are that's still under you. Is that? Oh the, yeah, okay. I I've been last year. I've been like a with them like a four times in one year traveling. Uh, I we went to Dubai. We went to Turkey. Um, I went to Kuwait two times. But the instructor take the students to different camps, different places in the Middle East, and he always take me there to uh, continue the training. Okay. So it's the same school. So I see him last year from six to eight times, and the month have twelve, and we got twelve months. Okay. So that's how uh, committed he is right now. I said, you want to do this, you have to be really committed. So he took the challenge, and I'm really happy, really, really happy because he's doing for me, my personal opinion, he's doing a good job. He he always asked me. He sent me a message. Any any remember? There's 13 hours different in the time zone. So, but he don't care. He don't care. We I we don't care. We just love to, uh, working on that. He sent me a message anywhere, anytime, and we can continue talking. And he always he always said most every day he sent me a message asking asking me something or or any plans that he, he told me. What do you think about this? It's really, really organized. I, I really love, um, and it's really, really dedicated. I, ne I for, for real, I never have a student 
that dedicated, so bad that he's so far. That's really cool. I mean, yeah, that's, 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 I guess that's the nice thing about the internet, right? We can really work together and use it as a good tool to communicate with, with the people that we work with. It is, it is. So, kind of getting ready for our wrap-up here, what are, your, what are your plans for the future? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do in the, in this upcoming time? What, what, what do you, what do you, do you have any events or do you have any, anything that you, that you would like to do? What would you like to see happen for Kaju Kembo as time passes? Well, Kaju Kembo need to personally need to fix a lot of things that they have. If they don't fix, they need to move on and, you know, just, just don't pay attention to that, to the neighbor. And continue doing your work, whatever you're doing. That's that's the best thing to keep peace. Or you solve the situation, or you just don't care about the other person, what is doing or whatever. That's jumping into the politics. I think that you can need to stop that, and or join, or don't mess with the other people's works. Uh, outside of that, I personally, I, I, I am, I want to improve more the Kaju Kembo. That is why I'm still here in Hawaii, looking for history, looking for instructor, looking for techniques, and and my and my techniques especially it connects here in Hawaii, um, because even that I am from the original method, I got the chance because Mitosi was from Hawaii and I trained also Kosharu. And Koshiru is the great-grandmother of Kaju Kembo. So how in the, in the, how in the, in the, in the path, in the way, Kaju Kembo gets split from the mother or the grandmother, that's what I am looking for. What was the technique? What is the similar technique with one and another? So that's why you can see uh, that when I sometimes I teach, you probably see some of my, of my video, you can see different things, but that different thing is not different. It is stuff that they are not teaching in Kaju Kembo because become, yeah, uh, it's the difference between the mom and the grandmother mm. of Kaju Kembo. That is what makes difference one art or another. So I learn, I am learning that, I started learning that in 1996 um, and I continue till now and now I see self-defense really different. Um, I now I got a program that, that I call skill development system. Because now you are already a black belt. Now I need you to fix your skill, you know, you, to activate your skills. I want to work on your skills. You're already black belt. Now what are you going to do? So... That is what I am working now, and it's combining Kaju Kembo, Koshuru, and other arts that I am uh, looking for. And sometimes some missing links. Uh, thanks God, when I moved here to Hawaii, I found Tony Lassit. Tony Lassit is the first, um, I mean, not first, is the oldest Kaju Kembo alive right now. He's 81 or 82 years old. Also in Koshuru, I got Paul Yamaguchi, that is in Kauai. He's 92 in Koshuru. So they are the top of the people if we want to see it in that way in the martial arts. I call Tony Lassit the senior of seniors in Kaju Kembo. He's still alive, 90, uh, 80, 
81 or 82 years old. Uh, Paul Yamaguchi is the senior of all Kempo, no matter who, all the Kempo uh, practitioner is that, is that person. So if I get to continue training them, with them, I will understand a lot of stuff of Kaju Kempo and Koshuru, and that's going to make what I am teaching better. Better for me to teach others. It's not better to become over anyone. I want people to understand that because my method is advanced method. I use advanced Kaju Kembo. That doesn't mean that I am better than Kaju Kembo. That means that what I teach, I teach to the people advanced movement. It's not that my techniques is more advanced than the Kaju Kembo regular. It's totally different. And what you're talking about more, again, is self-improvement, right? Now, that's... That's that's what we always. Um, that's one thing it's, that that difference that all the schools is, have in common, right? It is self improvement, but I normally what I am doing is bring one technique from one system to another. Is I am not improve anything. I just put it there. Yeah, yeah. Or concept. That's another thing because kosheru is no. There is no techniques in kosheru. There is concept. There is studies. So that is. Probably what looked like different, but it's not. I'm not saying that I am better. When I say advanced kajukenbo, is just the way of I teach others. That's your just, that's your kajukenbo, right? That's that's your well, Like that's well, a, that's <laughs> your take on it. Well, <laughs> it's the idea. Yeah, it's the yeah. idea. I can say yeah. this idea. It's not because kajukenbo is nobody. Uh, it's kajukenbo that was. First, I was putting Ortega's Kajukembo to my, to my uh, naming on Facebook. I don't use that anymore because I think I don't own Kajukembo. Yeah, yeah. Even, even for putting my name. Yeah, I don't, that, that's, that, that's funny because I don't, for my school, I don't, I don't have my name on it either. I just have it because I know nobody knows what Kajukembo in Japan is. So I just put Kajukembo. Hyogo Japan is the name of the Kajukembo school out here. Yeah, and from where? And that's yeah. it. Yeah, from where, where I'm at. That's it. Because that's I just want people. Yeah. I don't care if people remember my name. I'm, I care more about if a student walks in and trains. And you know how people come and go. So for me, it's more important that you come, you train with me, and you walk away knowing what Kajukembo is, remembering Kajukembo. I I don't want you training with me. And then going and being like, I met this guy, he's from California, his name is Fer Angelo Ferrer or whatever. And then they forget that I taught them Kajukembo. That, that's, to me, not against the point. Like, the whole reason I'm teaching is because I want people to learn. The whole reason I'm doing this series, I want people to remember Kajukembo. That's, that's my, that, my take on it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, my last question. My last question. And my camera died. So anyone listening to this now, I'm going to use a, po a photo. And they can hear the audio. It's mostly a podcast anyway. But my last so question. So sad. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying, really enjoying this. <laughs> I'm enjoying this too. I love, I love this. What advice do you have for someone who wants to start doing martial arts, who's never trained? And, you know, it can be overwhelming, right? You got, you got MMA. You got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You got Kudo. You got... You got Japanese karate. You got all these styles out there. Taekwondo. You know, what did kung fu? 
What, what advice do you have for someone who's just getting their feet wet and they're thinking about training in a martial art and they're think, they don't know where to start or where to go? What advice do you have for this kind of person? Just go to the closest school and start anything because your life is a risk. If you watch martial arts, if you need martial arts as a self-defense, if you're strong and you like to fight, just go to the street and, and do what, and watch two dogs fighting and you're going to learn something. <laughs> um, if not, just go to the first school and train. If you don't like, if you feel that you cannot go, in, go good, you know, doing good in that school, move to another. Even in Kaju Kembo, I wish people understand this. We can have a school of Kaju Kembo, came from the same instructor, and we can have a school one uh, each side to the other, you know, side to side in any place. And we're going to teach different. Even we came from the same instructor, we teach different. Nobody's going to take anything from nobody. That's it's a, a big problem. We can be in the same system. My student can train with anyone. We can be in the same shopping center. That doesn't mean nothing. We just a big group. It's not about taking, you know, that's, that's another thing. But about teaching, no two instructors teach the same way, even they come from the same instructor. They don't passion with teaching one uh, part, one section. Um, and it's, it's, a lot, it's sad when you have a seminar and you don't take people there in the seminar just because you don't want them trained with other people. That's, that's really sad. I don't care. It can be the same MMA, you know. It can be anyone. Something is something. Start. If you don't like, move on. It's like the shoes. I wear slippers now. Why? Because I get used to Hawaiian. But first I was using uh, tennis shoes. It's how you feel good. It's yourself. <laughs> it's nothing more is going to defend you. Nothing more is nothing. Nobody else is going to protect you. It's yourself. Go anywhere as fast you can and train. All right. So there's the advice. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how that works, right? Like you should train anywhere. I, uh... My philosophy has changed more and more as I travel around the world and uh, I meet other martial artists and I see, I've met people that have never done Kaju Kembo in their life, but they're doing Kaju Kembo. And it's really, oh, yeah. it's really weird <laughs> to say that. I know what you mean. But it's happened, I went to China and I went to an MMA gym because I was looking for, I was looking for a place. Because in China, the problem that China is having is mm. I, I looked up Kung Fu school, right? And a million schools came up. And I was watching the videos from some of these schools. And I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> I'm looking at the techniques and I'm thinking, that's not going to work. I'm going to keep looking until I find somewhere that looks effective. Mm. And at the end of the day, I found this place that was an MMA gym, and the guy was an American. And I'm like, I, I, I'm going to go beyond my stereotypes here, and I'm going to go in there and see what he's got. Mm -hmm. And he was working with Kung Fu schools, and they were using their techniques on how to use them in real situations, in live drills. And then when I saw what they were doing, 
I walked in, I'm like, this looks like Kaja Kumbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, mixing, they're mixing Kung Fu with boxing, and, and they have, I see some karate here, and they had guys that did karate. They had people, essentially, like, they had a group of people that came from different backgrounds, judo, jiu-jitsu, catch wrestling, uh, kung fu, kickboxing, and these guys were all working together, mixing their techniques to make things more effective for themselves. And that's when I walked away saying, yeah, that's... And they, they all asked me, what do you do? I'm like, I do kajikembo, but, you know, what you guys are doing is... A set, I know it's going to sound weird because you don't know what kajikembo is, but you guys are doing kajikembo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand because I, I see it too. And it's weird, you know, like, like uh, and you know, people cannot escape from Kaju Kempo because first, it's a perfect name. You got all the arts there. Second, it's involved techniques that Kaju Kempo have. Why? Because Kaju Kempo came from karate, judo, jiu-jitsu. It's mixed martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all there. <laughs> so one, one good point that you mentioned now that I was listening to you, it's uh, sometimes people see my techniques and say, and says that doesn't work. But I am not making techniques. I am making people train a skill. So training a skill, it's, making, it's helping you to do something else. If you are punching a back, the, punch, the back don't going to punch you back. <laughs> You are doing a drill. You are doing something. So that drill is a skill that you are getting into. So sometimes when you see my technique, something that you said, oh, remember one thing, that is not a technique. That's a skill that you have to uh, work on it to become better. It's like some people said, make it simple, make it good. I said, no, simple is you, you're going to make, you, uh, you do something simple, it's going to be used to. If you train something hard, then you're working in your mind how you get it in yourself and make it faster. So is that difficult? You have to combine and make it simple, but in training. You have to train something. I don't know if you got my point. No, yeah. You have to, it, it, just because something's hard doesn't, doesn't mean that it's not effective. Or just because a technique mm -hmm. doesn't work the first time you tried it, doesn't mean it doesn't work. It might just mean that you haven't practiced it enough to make it work. Like this, and now, there's a lot of things. And now, <laughs> and now I'm gonna tell you that's advanced. And when I use advanced method and when I use advanced kajukimbo, that is what I meant. Work, train, and you're gonna get it. It's not because it's gonna be better because you need a foundation, you need a basic. But then once you reach one level, what else? What are you gonna do next? Right, People what's, think what's, that they, yeah, normally that happens in black belt. Once the, the student reaches the black belt, says, okay, and now you see that he don't come regular to school. You see that his lack of commitment. So no, 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 no. Now is your advance. Or no advance, let's put it intermediate because my section work basic from white belt, from white belt to black belt. I teach Kajukembo techniques, traditional Kajukembo techniques from white belt to black belt. All the techniques traditional there. Intermediate is from first degree to second degree. And advanced is for sixth degree and up. So that means for me, for me, this is my interpretation. One punch technique, if you move from one punch technique and you use one, two, three, four, that's basic. No matter how advanced you think the techniques are, no matter how impressive the techniques are, you are doing one step, two step, three step. 
intermediate, you have to do a two, four, four, six, eight. And advanced, you have to move. That for me is how I classify advanced or basic techniques. People get mad at me because they said, this is the most advanced technique that we have. And I say, still basic because you're moving one, two, three, four, five. You don't move it twice. If the attackers move and throw a punch and you block, that's one, one and one. But so what's meant? Both is gonna punch at the same face at the same time? At the face at the same time? But if you move two times in that moment, he throw one punch and you move, block and strike at the same time, you have two points and he only have one. When he moves next step, that is his second, you're gonna move to the group four. Or if you are more advanced, you move three, six, nine, instead of two, four, six, instead of one, two, three, four, five, six. And you end with the 20 techniques. <laughs> Most of the basic techniques, you have to do 20, 20 steps. Yeah. And think- but then I classify as an intermediate that two, four, six, to make it simple. Yeah. And then advance like the movement, the person. You don't need to tell the person what to move. You just move. And to anyone listening to this. I hope you understand no, my I, English. I understand your English. This has nothing to do with English. I need to break down. For people that don't do martial arts, they're probably thinking, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down. What happens when you do martial arts for a while, and it doesn't matter the style, there's this point where in order, f- the better you get, and the better you are, sp- your teachers, sparring partners, uh, training partners are, when you're training, no matter what level you are, there'll always be someone better than you. And what you'll notice when you go up against someone who's better than you, they're going to be 10 to 20 steps ahead of you. And then your job to get better is to bridge that gap to get it back to zero and then to become the person that's 10, 20 steps ahead of the other person. So that's kind of, you're kind of breaking that philosophy, these principles, and you're breaking it into a, you're turning it into, you're making it part of your system, which is really technical. Uh, This is not, what you just explained is not, is not an English problem. It's a very technical approach to the way that you're doing your martial art. And some people listening to it may or may not understand. But I understand. <laughs> so, so, some people says, oh, you're doing silat or you're doing kung fu. I never do that in, the, in my life. <laughs> I just do the kaju kenbo, what the kaju kenbo step teaching me. And then I connect with another art that means koshuru uh, and other systems. And I, I got that moment. I said, oh, you look familiar with this. There's one person in Germany who is trying to share with me because he trained silat. And he want to know what kind of silat I do because it looks like silat, but it's different. And I said, this is Kaju Kembo. <laughs> yeah. And then that happens a lot, right? Again, it's, it's, that's what I love about Kaju Kembo is the idea that we're not rigid about where you take it. And if it works, you keep it. If it doesn't work, you see what you're, where you, you keep techniques at work and you don't worry too much about where or what it's called. You worry more mm-hmm. about the effectiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And and how to make something effective. And I think that's that's what being a Kaju Kembo artist is all about, is evolving as time passes and, and coming up with those philosophies. Yeah, but, and, I, and I used to, I never say that something don't like me, 
I said, I don't understand it. Yeah. Be yeah. Because I, I saw my videos now when I was a black belt, and they are horrible. It's really horrible, my videos of black belt. When I see that, I said, how I, wow, really? That's me? <laughs> but then I caught myself doing some movement that I learned. I, well, I think that I create that movement, and it's not. It's something that my subconscious saw way back, and now it's use it's, it's, it's work. First, I don't understand. I don't like it. I don't use it for so many years, but it, yeah, I get it in my subconscious because I'm conscious. Why do you say that? Your subconscious. <laughs> yeah, your subconscious. Yeah. It comes back Subcons to subconscious. Subconscientes. 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 He's saying it right, okay? He said it perfect in, Spa in Spanish. He said it perfectly, so... I can verify. <laughs> yeah, it's it's what what happened. One time, they they people asked me uh, to say sit bill in English to take a, a test, oh, no. and I said so I can say sit bill. I can have a license, and they say yes. And I said okay. For now, you said cinturón de seguridad, and you cannot <laughs> say it. And I said, so you don't have you you. you <laughs> you license because you don't know how to say it in Spanish. But I, I told them, but I'm gonna tell you something now. I know the use of that, and the use doesn't mean with the terminology. It doesn't came with the terminology. Yeah. No. There's a there's a really famous line from the from the movie Walk in the Clouds, and <laughs> and my dad um my dad you know I'm you know I I my dad I'm Puerto Rican as well and my family's Puerto Rican and my dad used to love this line and the line was. Just because I speak with an accent does not mean that I think with one. So, like, mm -hmm. that really resonated with him, and, and I, I completely understand it. Well, and I joke sometimes. <laughs> I joke sometimes with that, because when people ask me, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Puerto Rico. And they ask me, really? I say, yes. And this lady, I have my green, belt, my green card. So there I test in his... his his uh, intelligence, I am testing him. His next response is going to tell me how smart he is. <laughs> so I make a joke about me, my green card, my accent. I don't speak English, but I, every time I talk, I'm testing people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, again, um, Nathaniel, I really appreciate you. Muchas gracias. Mahalo for doing the interview. Um, it's it's an honor for me. Believe me, it's an honor. I follow your work, and it's uh, something that our system needs. And it's really happy when I see people commit uh, with that commitment like you, because it's helping for the system. You are you are trying to connect teachings. Now we we not uh, uh, any longer. When Sijo was alive, I remember people going from different places to meet in one place because the founder was there. That doesn't happen anymore, just uh, a small uh, gathering in different associations. But you are, what you're doing, you are trying to connect all the Kajukembos, listen to you. He don't even have to listen to you. He just have to have a, make a research in YouTube and they're going to find you. And if they want to learn and the student wants to learn, they just need to listen to you. Oh, there's some, somebody else. There's another uh, Kajukembo here. Let me hear. Let me learn. This is really important and your job. What you are doing, you are doing a good, good thing for the Kaju Kembo. And you have my respect 
for that. Well, that's a that's a great honor, and I really I really appreciate that. That's that's the pro that's the main purpose of my project is to just get people talking about Kaja Campbell because I love Kaja Campbell, and I want people to have that same love. I want to share that love with the world. That's pretty much all I wanted. That's awesome. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. All right. So for my listeners, um, stay tuned for the wrap up. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for checking out the show. If you liked what you saw, go ahead and hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel has this podcast. It also has some comedy. Um, I'm also a comic. I do stand-up out here in Japan. So it has some of the material that I work on. So it has a few jokes. And, of course, it wouldn't be complete without some martial arts. So it also has a few videos of uh, some of my adventures out here with MMA as well as... Uh, Q&A that I do with uh, people that watch the show and listen to it and follow me on on my other social media accounts and I try to answer as best as I can their questions about martial arts and psychology. Alright, well, thanks again. I really appreciate the support. I hope you all have a great day. Peace.